This is a tech fin company. What I mean by that is I, the former banker, am not the first person here. It's actually someone who scaled Amazon. And in 2013, he saw that you need insights in order to win the market. He started mining Litecoin. The first money in Boss Insights was mined in a basement. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Karen Moynihan. She is the a former banker and second-time founder and currently the CEO and co-founder of Boss Insights. The company offers business data as a service. Their single API enables easy access to hundreds of sources like QuickBooks, Salesforce, Stripe, bridging data gaps between banks and business customers in under one minute. Karen, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. So, well, I mean, walk us through this first. Is this sort of a pay-as-you-go number of API requests per month sort of deal, or is it, or is it more pure play SaaS? It's it's pure SaaS, and we're actually not charging by data because then we're a cost center. We're actually charging when we make the lenders win, so we charge per borrower. They make so, money, we make money. So, tell me more about that. Are you working, you know, exclusively with banks and lenders and connecting the two, or what's it look like? Well, there's the tech side of Boss Insights, and then there's the market play. And the lending group is the first. It's the beachhead customer. Such a huge need, $5 trillion, and that was pre-COVID for business lending, that that's where we dipped our toe in the market. And we work with banks, credit unions, and private lenders. But that's not all we do. Banks, credit unions, and private lenders. Okay, so can you maybe, just because this is a little bit in the weeds, you you come from banking, so this is your world, but but dumb it down for me, right? Can you give me an example of someone who uses you? Yeah, absolutely. OKR Financial just today released a statement saying that they're working with Boss Insights because they want to be customer first. And their customer is the small and medium business or the startup company. They want to give people alternatives to equity. Um, So... They're already active and sponsoring in the ecosystem, and they wanted a way to be tech first. So that's why we're working with them. Interesting. Is this like sort of a cabbage sort of platform? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Interesting. Okay. So my audience definitely knows sort of cabbage model, OKR Financial. So if OKR Financial is trying to do and provide sort of credit scoring algorithms to Mm -hmm. verify, you know, SMBs, historical cohort data, and then give them a loan against that, where does your API come into play? So we offer, there's hundreds of sources of information on business customers. So let's just keep it super simple. There are two main categories that lenders want right now. They're either traditional lenders and what they want is accounting information. 
because the second a business says, I want money, they say, give me two years of financials, or they're an alternative lender. And then what they want is commerce and cash flow information. And what they're doing is some rendition of, I want a couple months or 12 months of the revenues you're bringing in the door, and I'm going to give you one month. Or let's say if you're above the crowd, I can't think of a company who might be doing this. They might give you three months. Who does that? Do you know anyone? Yep. Yeah. So, so founder path, I mean, our thing, I mean, we could be a customer of this. Oh, well then how meta let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm asking you because, because you, you, you don't know, I pro- you probably don't know founder path. Well, but I'm, I'm learning about boss insights, but it sounds like we could be a customer of you. Yeah. I, in preparation for this chat, I looked at your website. I have to say your messaging is spot on and, and absolutely we could be working together. What we'd be giving you is a real-time view on the business. And then you can either lend to them yourself, or you can match them with some of the other lenders that you're working with. Mm-hmm. That's the idea that you're, you're getting away from the manual data connections and the manual collection of information which can only be summarized as somebody telling someone else to go clean their room. I cannot tell you how often we were trained at RBC. You know, this is an opportunity for a discussion. No, it's not. It's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get away from it and let's actually have some fun. When you know what's going on with the business real time, you can do some crazy things like give them an answer real time. So Mm -hmm. really compelling. And so someone like me or OKR Financial or your average customer, what are they paying you per month to use this technology you've built? It really depends. We have economies of scale pricing. If you, We have ways for people to test this out if they have one to 10 borrowers, let's say, but the sweet spot really happens when you get to a couple hundred and then it is under $20. We have pricing that goes down to even a dollar per borrower. So really this is change on the table. You can just you can actually, it's pennies on the dollar to what lenders are making. Mm -hmm. If you look at the sort of your total revenue divided by your total amount of customers, what's the average customer currently paying you per month, would you say? Some of it's a little proprietary, so I can't exactly get into it because we are servicing some of the largest lenders. So for example, CIBC was just on a panel with us. They're a top five Canadian bank. And, And then we're serving some billion dollar banks. So the community banks, the one who are rolling up their sleeves and out there. Mm -hmm. So it really is a little bit proprietary, but the idea is if you're thinking about their loan book, what happens when they're using Boss Insights, uh, a recent quote we got from CC Bank, for example, is that in 30 to 60 days, they got access to two to three years worth of leads. They decreased the, the amount of time they were spending by 80%. So that's what we showcase in market. Okay. Um, talk to me more about the history here. When did you launch the platform? 2017. Okay, 2017. And how did you fund the growth? Did you sort of raise immediately or what? Not exactly. This is a tech fin company. What I mean by that is I, the former banker, am not the first com- the first person here. It's actually someone who scaled Amazon. And in 2013, he saw that you need insights in order to win the market. And sure enough, Amazon is in lending. Yep. He started mining Litecoin. The first money in Boston Insights was mined in a basement. And and still yet we haven't diluted. We have we've essentially raised a seed round, almost a million dollars, but we haven't diluted at all. So just to be clear, you guys did an a Litecoin token offering back in 2013 to fund the business. No, we mined our own Litecoin money. We basically oh, just wow. mined the money, and so it was just free. Honestly, to be fair, it was hash free rates, money. energy resources. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so we had that. We're we're a Canadian company selling into the U.S. market. 
So Canadian economy has a lot of funds available for startups. So if you're a compelling story, and what that means is if you're promising to hire more people into your company and you continue to grow, they will give you grants to help you get there. That's part of how we've grown our company, but we also have some debt financing secured as well. I see, I see. Okay, so how I'm talking, I'm, I'm sure you're probably talking about like shred and things like this. How, how many grants or, or funds related to grants where you're not having to sell equity have you raised from the Canadian government? It's... Um, it's quite substantial. Um, it's it's a, it's a healthy seed round. It's, okay. So, yeah. I mean, I would put healthy seed somewhere between like two and six million bucks. Is that a fair range? No, it's less than that. Less but, than that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So less than two, you've, you've funded the growth to date with less than $2 million in grants or non-dilutive yes. capital. Um, yes. Does that include the debt you raised probably from CIBC or something similar? From BDC. And BDC. yes, it does. Um, okay. and then also just the sales are actually helping to let us grow. That's the best fundraising, right? Is customers, customers <laughs> paying you up front, which is great. Um, yeah. okay. So 27, so, so just to be clear, the partner that you started working with, who is ex Amazon, mm-hmm. y- you guys founded the company together. You have equity in the business in 2017 you launched. Yes. So he started in 2017. I joined at the beginning of 2018 and we are that the cap table is really healthy. There's no investors on it. So if any investors wanted to come in, it's a very easy thing to get onto. We've grown since then. And we actually just hired our first non-founder salesperson. We now have a VP of sales. Yeah, that's great. So just to be clear, the cap table really is you plus your, your co-founder. Yep. That's great. Did you guys split it 50, 50, or did you say, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm the boss 60%. 5149. Oh, but you get 51? <laughs> I got 51. Um, wow. Congratulations. Yes. That's great. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I love that. He's going to listen to this and go, oh, my, why did I? That 1% difference. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. I love that. You mentioned you just hired your first non sales rep. So, how many people are yeah. on the team today? So we're eight people at the moment. We're actually hiring. So we're looking for BDRs and we're looking for front-end software developers. So if anyone's out there, please reach out. But the we're really excited about our VP of sales. His name's Jordan Cohen. I haven't even... The person who founded the company was Luke Moynihan. He scaled three tech companies and he started coding at 14. He really is one of those savants in his own field. And so he's the one who's responsible for all this. Jordy Cohen. Yeah. He's, he's really incredible. I'd love to tell you his latest analogy about what's going to happen in lending, but let's, leave, um, let's yeah. leave that as the open loop. Give us to that before we end. So eight people okay. on the team, how many engineers? We it's, it's half and half, half marketing, half engineers. Okay. So. And no quota carrying sales reps now, but you have one joining imminently. We have one now that just joined and okay. that's Jordan Cohen was running VP partnerships at on deck. And now he's working at boss insights. So if I come from banking, he comes from alternative lending. It was the perfect match. That's great. And so over the past three years, how many total customers have you guys scaled to using the platform? So we're, we're somewhere in the thousands of, of borrowers on the platform at the moment. And we're just growing. I mean, we're and how hoping, many lenders? Well, we're hoping now to onboard somewhere between four and seven before the end of this calendar year. Okay. So, so still right now, less than two or three. No, no, no. We have more than that, but we're hoping to get, we're hoping to cross the threshold of 10 customers by the end of this year. Oh, I see. I see. Got it. So you have like four or five now. You want to get four or five more before the end of the year. Um, When I asked you how many customers, you use the word borrowers, but the borrowers don't really pay you, right? The lenders are, and alternative financiers are the ones paying you, right? That's true. I guess I've been engineered to answer the question from an investor point of view. Investor perspective. Yeah, Yeah. no, but that's fine. That's fine. I just want to make sure I understand clearly. So, so yeah, so you've got four or five lenders or alternative financers using you today 
who yep. touch and use your API to enrich thousands yes. of borrower accounts. Yes. And some of them are, they let us use their name. So for example, we can now say that we're proudly working with CIBC. We're working with Vembridge, with OKR, CC Bank. There's a few others we can't actually say. So then we, when we're asked the numbers, we don't really divulge them. Yep. Um, but there are, we're onboarding at the moment three more. So it's just an, it's an ongoing data is the hot topic this yeah. year. So. Yeah. So when do you, I mean, it sounds like you guys are early on, you're hustling, you have some early traction, really incredible team, it sounds like. When do you guys break like a million or $2 million run rate? I mean, do you think you can hit that next year? Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. That We love that. Now, now, if you do, I mean, once you have a little revenue scale, you can start to tell a valuation story and go raise equity to fuel growth more. I mean, do you think you'll be raising in Q1, Q2 next year? I Look, we... I don't know how to answer this other than to just answer it. There are people who have raised that don't even have any product or deliverables yeah. in market. And we already have that. We're proven and we're trusted. We have case studies released. We have our, we've doubled our revenue. So we're open. We have, we always say we would raise a million and a half. We already have the product built, but what we're looking for is not just capital. We want strategic. Yep. We want to work with, with lenders who really see that the market is changing and you need to be ahead of the game to delight your customers. Mm-hmm. No, That's I love that. So 2017 was your first year in business. Did you have any real revenue in 2017? Do you remember first no. year revenue? No. Okay. And we started at the end of 2017. So okay. we just crossed the three-year mark. We really went into market in 2019. So all the sales I'm talking about happened in 2019. And oh, then wow. we doubled it in 2020. And we're looking to triple that in the next few months. That's great. So what, 2019, you finished like 100 grand, 200 grand in revenue, something like that? <laughs> You're very, you're like a surgeon with this precision. Well, you have to ask. I mean, I'm just backing, right? If you're not at a million dollar run rate yet and you doubled yeah. from 2019 to 2020, you could have been doing like 200 grand in 2019. You doubled. You're not far off. Yeah. Like the numbers yeah. are pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously you can't divulge what big customers like CIBC are paying you, but we can sort of do back the napkin math here and congratulations. I mean, right. Scaling that without having to get, have any equity dilution is a, is a really important thing. And a lot of people haven't done that yet. So give us the prediction. What's your partner thinks going to happen to fintech in the next year? So here's the thing. What we need to do as an industry is collaborate. We, we keep thinking of this as a competitive game. And yes, it's a competitive game. But if we don't collaborate, we're all going to fail. The, the analogy that we're giving is, you know, we have banks here and we have fintechs holding onto their products like this because they think that they have to have the best product. What actually has to happen is a little bit more of what Amazon did. At one time, they were selling books. And now if you look at what they're earning profits from, it is not their own product. It's by creating an infrastructure that invites everybody to use it. And that's what we need to do as an ecosystem. We need to have the banks who are lifting up the regulatory burden that none of us really want to lift up, have this infrastructure that gets the latest in fintech. That's our prediction for what needs to happen in the future. And we're already seeing that the most innovative of banks are looking for best in class. So Boss Insights separates ourselves from all the competitors by being the easiest to adopt. You don't have to code anything at all if you don't want to. It is like signing up to LinkedIn. And also, it is the most flexible to use. So it doesn't matter what lending model you want to operate on. We have the data to support it. And last question. Um, why does somebody use Boss Insights instead of just like doing what we did at FounderPath, which is just build an API connection with, with Stripe, QuickBooks, Zero, all these Plaid, all these sort of data sources? Well, if you're going to, it's the number one question we're getting this year, why buy you and not build you? And the answer is if you want one to three integrations, go build. And there, some of them are quite easy, like QuickBooks. But yep. if you want to normalize data within a category, so if you want 
any more than three in accounting, you need to have an API shop to normalize the information. If you want to go outside of accounting into commerce, Stripe, Square, whatnot, you know, Chargebee, then you're really getting into the nitty gritty. And that's when you need to have somebody dedicated on the data side. We have hundreds of different sources and you're going to see very quickly that we're going to move outside of accounting to commerce, compare it with banking, and then move over to sales. Mm-hmm. So. Have you, you have on your website 800 applications you support. Are all those actually already built? Or if people hit and say they want a management integration on your website, you then quickly build it because it was inbound driven by CIBC? No, all those were actually built. What okay. we're adding now is is collaboration of our own. So if a bank doesn't have a Plaid integration or a Yodli integration and that's what they wanted, there are some of those that we've already built in place. They don't become a dev shop deciding on, should I have an API to this accounting provider and this payroll provider and this banking transaction provider? We want to be able to give them one place to go to and it gives them access to lower level pricing. So that's how we've uh, approached it. Very cool. Karen, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Oh, okay. I'm just going to answer favorite book, not favorite business book. Okay. Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, because that is what we need above all else. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Elon Musk. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building boss? Ooh, God, there's so many. (laughs) We're using 20. I'm not kidding around. Slack is, is very helpful. I have to say LinkedIn is the best. We are using, we just switched. I am so sorry, HubSpot. We just switched from you to Salesforce because we needed a lead gen tool. Um, You know, and then there's a bunch of other ones we use. Confluence, Atlassian is an incredible company. Number four. How many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Four. And four, that's not healthy. Three kids, one startup. (laughs) Fair, Fair enough. Okay, are you married? Yes. Okay, married, three kids. Can I ask how old you are? No, that's just rude. I'm 20. I just have a lot of years experience of being 20. Well, the reason I asked that question is because I, I want to ask the question. Now, now take us back to your 20-year-old self. So take us back zero years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, wait, the fun part's coming. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that when you're when you're enthusiastic about what you're doing, when you're doing something that's meaningful, it... it you know, the seat at the table that's always ignored in our industry is the customers. And that's what keeps me going, that there's going to be a point in time where we can measure business owners on their merit, not their collateral. We keep saying, you're a business, and this is how I value you. But no one's valued on their collateral. It's what you bring to the table. So that's that's the best part. That's a sweet spot for me because I know we're so close as an industry. As Boss Insights, real-time financial data for lenders. They have four or five customers now, hoping to add four or five new ones in the next one to two months. Ideally, double revenue, break a million-dollar run rate next year. They've done all this incredibly capital efficiently. They've leveraged grants and basically non-dilutive capital from the Canadian government to drive growth so far as they look to really play a major role in the future of fintech. Karen, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you.